Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with mental health conditions and to normalize the mental health conversation. Now, on today's episode, I'm like, I always say I'm always excited to bring you a new episode, but like, I'm really excited about this week's guest because she created something just for Black women. So her name is Katara McCarty, and from out of the realities of abandonment by her biological mother, she's from being biracial and growing up in a Black home, Katara McCarty realized early in life that the color of her skin mattered. After becoming a single mother at 19 and finding the courage to leave an abusive relationship, Katara became an entrepreneur holding leadership positions in both non- and for-profit organizations. Today, Katara is a sought-after coach, author, and podcast host dedicated to cultivating brave spaces where all Black, Indigenous women of color belong. As a Black woman, she is committed to amplifying the richness of Black women of color, Indigenous women, and their stories while advocating for and providing emotional well-being resources for this community. So Katara is awesome because she launched this app called Exhale, and Exhale is a emotional well-being app for women of color. So let's get into this episode with Katara. Welcome, Katara, to the Fireflies Unite podcast. Our mission here is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with mental health conditions and to normalize the mental health and wellness conversation. So welcome. Oh my gosh, Takia, thank you for having me on the show. I'm always so thrilled to sit down with anybody and talk about um, wellness, mental wellness, emotional wellness for our community. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So one of the first questions that I ask like everyone on the podcast, because I'm all, I always, usually I know the answer, but sometimes I get shocked. Um was mental health or like wellness talked about for you when you were growing up? <laughs> no, no, I'm 48 years old. I was born in the seventies. Um, and it was nothing that was ever mentioned in the seventies and eighties. When I was a child, I grew up in a black home, two black women raised me, um, in a black community, went to a local community center. My neighbors were black. Um, it was just never anything that was discussed. If we saw somebody that my grandmother said was quote unquote, a little different, um, we just, you know, she taught us to treat everybody the same. Um, but we definitely there specifically, there were a couple of people in our neighborhood that would walk around and, and you could tell that something wasn't quite right, but nobody really ever addressed it. Um, I don't think that people knew what was going on. Um, And I also, um, you know, just having family members with mental um, illnesses, conditions that 
was never really discussed. We were just taught, hey, don't treat them any different. That's it. That's all that was said. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, usually most people are like, no, it wasn't talked about. Or they say like it was talked about, but it was always talked about, talked about in a negative light. Um, So when did you become passionate about mental health and wellness? Well, I, my husband and I started a church back in 2000 and we, um, started it with a desire to have a place where anybody could come regardless of, um, their background. We wanted to have a multicultural, multi-socioeconomic, uh, status place where people could come. So it didn't matter where you ranked in the community, like we wanted everybody to come. And so we picked a location that the the city back then called the inner city. And um, we were right in the heart of town and literally a block from the rescue mission. Um, and so, yeah, we just really would draw people and, and, and really people that weren't accepted in other uh, places. And they would kind of show up at, at, at our church. And um, even back then in 2000, just really having a heart to love people, all people, um, and accept all people. What was interesting about that, and I mentioned the rescue mission, is some of the, the people that would come down to our worship services from the mission were um, people that had challenges. And um, we just, I don't know, I just have this like heart for people, just all people, and to treat them um, with the same respect. Um, my sister also um, deals with depression. Um, and so I've known that for a really long time. And so I just feel I've just always felt um, this draw almost to the like folks that kind of get left out of the conversation or that are on the margins and have always just tried to do work that included everybody that didn't exclude those folks. And so we even started a community center for um, really uh, children in that community And some of those kids had a lot of issues and we just, we just loved them. We just welcomed them in. So my work really with folks on, on what, you know, we say that that are on the margins, which include people with um, mental health um, conditions. I don't even know the right, I'm still trying to figure out like, how do we say this? Like, I don't want to say anything offensive right? Like we, I've always tried to create spaces and places and cultivate a culture that was inclusive for all. And I think that that is not always common, even in church settings um, and, and in our nonprofit work that we did back then. So really started a long, long time ago, <laughs> over 20 years ago. Yeah, that's awesome, which is great because I would say that it's probably because of that work that led to the launch of this amazing emotional well-being app called Exhale. So why did you create it and what has the response been? Yeah. Wow. Um, You know, at the beginning of quarantine, really wasn't, I think everything went on lockdown. I'm in here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Everything went on lockdown uh, late March here. 
Um, we got quarantined and I lost over half my business. I'm a coach now, um, a life coach and an organizational coach. And I lost over half of my business. And so I was amping up my own self-care practices because of managing my own stress and my own anxiety. And then what started coming out in the news um, pretty quickly was how um, the Black community was being impacted by COVID disproportionately. And the news folks were saying, well, it's because Black folks have pre-existing conditions. And I'm like, well, we have pre-existing conditions because of systemic racism, because of systems of oppression. We're not sick because our skin's brown. We're sick because of oppression. And so they, were, they weren't telling the full story. And I remember sitting in my living room, we would watch the, um, the White House press, like the press conferences every day, just trying to keep up keep abreast with what was happening with COVID, how, you know, the death rate just kept rising and rising and rising. And then they started talking about the black community, um, but they weren't telling the full story. And I remember sitting in my living room, so aggravated and so frustrated, like you have to tell the full story. And then we saw how COVID was exasperating, um, issues and oppression and police brutality that already happens in our community, but it was being exasperated during COVID, during quarantine. And, um, you know, the, the, the viral video of Ahmad, uh, the viral video, the killing of George Floyd, um, we started hearing about Breonna Taylor and the level of stress, anxiety, that I was feeling as a black woman, but I could feel it with the collective black community. It was heavy. And I got on a, a call. It was called a family meeting. Um, one of the local, not local, but like uh, national leaders called this family meeting and said, the black community needs to come together and we need to talk about these issues. And I jumped on there and a lot of people were talking about like what we need to do and the issues But somebody said on that meeting we have to, as the Black community, really learn, um, really understand that the government's not coming for us. <laughs> They're not coming to help us. They're not coming to save us. We have to rally together and take care of each other. And so I took that that to bed with me that night and I cried myself to sleep because it was just such, it was so heavy. I mean, I know I'm sure you remember that, like when it was just, really intense. And I just, I kept asking the next morning, I asked myself like, Katar, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do to lean into your community? What are you going to do to help try to lift a burden of the stress and the trauma and the anxiety that we are all carrying? We always carry, but again, was exasperated. And so I kept asking the question and literally meditated one morning and got the idea, what if you created an emotional well-being app for Black, Indigenous, women of color specifically, because we are on, uh, we are some of the most marginalized folks in our society. And when I say Black, Indigenous, women of color, I mean all women, all gender identities that are oppressed by racism and misogyny. And so I, I just said, what if I created this well-being app for Black and brown women to access to help um, them access and gain tools to manage 
um, the trauma, the grief, the pain, the stress, the anxiety, it's not going to necessarily, you know, race, we're not going to see racism eradicated in, in my lifetime. I'm probably not going to see that. I'm 48 years old. Um, but we can learn how to manage the stress and the anxiety and the trauma and the pain and grief that is caused by it. And so I wanted to put an app together that could be a resource to help us navigate life in these uh, in these brown bodies. That's amazing. And it's something that is so needed. So can you talk about what are the features of the app? Yeah. So we, um, what's interesting is I, I put in the app, my own, um, uh, emotional wellbeing practices. And I also put in the app, what I give my clients, um, tools that I give my clients to live their the life that they desire and the life that they deserve. So I'm a coach. And so I put in some of my coaching stuff in there too. So it makes it a little bit different than some of the apps that are out there that are just focused on meditation, which is beautiful and wonderful. I wanted to make it a little, I wanted to put a little more in there. So we have meditations that are specific to us again, as black and brown women that speak to our issues. So there's 10 meditations in the app. We also have breath work. So guided breath work techniques to teach us how to push the pause button and actually breathe. Um, There's something really powerful about our breath. And if we can learn to breathe and get anxiety and get um, stress out of our bodies, it can actually help us um, in managing um, our bodies so that we don't get as sick. So there's breath works. Um, We also have daily affirmations that we put in the app. So, um, If you download the app, which you can download it for free, um, the user will get um, daily uh, notifications that'll pop up on their phone that is a daily affirmation. We also have what uh, we call Imagine, which is guided um, visualizations. And this is something that I, a tool that I use with my clients, it's to um, allow the user to do an internal uh, dive in an internal journey into their internal world and really um, explore one of the um, guided visualizations that I wrote is called Inner Child. And it, it really takes you on a journey to go back and sit with um, your younger self and to give your younger self what maybe your younger self didn't get when you were a child. And so guided visualizations is another one. And then the last category we have is called listen. These are coaching talks. So I get on and I just chat it up. I just chat it up and I say, hey, listen, we're going through a lot. Here's some tools. Here's some resources um, from a coaching perspective um, that I can give you. I usually give a little bit of homework. I'm like, Hey, in between the next time you listen to this, I want you to write some things down and really think about some things. And so we have those, um, different categories for the, um, the user to download and access at their disposal. That's amazing. So where can you, is the app available on the Apple Store as well as Google Play for Android users? Yes, ma'am. It's there. It's in the Apple Store. You can find it at Exhale. If you put in Exhale Biwalk, B-I-W-O-C, it'll pop right up. Um, But you can also search it as Exhale in the App Store, Apple App Store. And then it's also in Google Play. Um, It's free to download. And 
um, when I heard about our app launched on this past Tuesday, the 25th, and um, Jacob Blake was shot that Sunday before. And so our app launched on Tuesday. I watched um, an interviewer talk that his sister speech that his sister gave and his mom also gave a speech and it just broke my heart. And so I met with my team um, on Wednesday and I said, you know what? We had some of the pages locked for a subscription base um, for subscribers only. Um, part of the app will be forever free for folks to use. But then we had, um, you know, part of it was subscription based. And on Wednesday, I just said, unlock the whole app. My community is literally um, under the most pressure that I've ever experienced in my lifetime. Like I know that these things happen, but what's unique about what's happening right now is it's hitting our feeds and so I'll open up my phone and I'm seeing someone get shot, right? And, and the Black community is seeing that is trauma as well. Like we know it's happening, right? We experience racism, we experience systems of oppression, but seeing it as the Black community is adding a whole nother level of trauma that I haven't experienced in my lifetime. And so because of that, I said, you know what? I told my team, I said, I don't even know if this is a good business decision or not. I frankly don't care. Unlock the app. It's free to use at least until the end of September. So all the pages are unlocked. People can get in there and resource, 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 like dig in, meditate, use the breath works. Um, we just wanted to make it a resource and make it accessible, especially right now with everything that the Black community, my community, your community is facing. Yeah, that's great just because it's needed. Like it's, I know of another app called the safe space, which was created by Jet, um, a young lady named Jasmine who created a mental health mm -hmm. app for black people. But these are things and resources that we need because a lot of times when you see um, wellness and health is usually tied to like a white woman. Um, yeah. And so these apps and resources are needed for us so that we can see there are people that look like us that are also that are that should be a part of the mental health and wellness conversation. Exactly. And I think that, you know, that's another thing that really uh, propelled me and, and to, to create this app is I was um, accessing apps that were curated, created and narrated by white people during everything that was going on. And at one point, I remember sitting and thinking like, I don't, I, this meditation that I'm listening to feels if there's a disconnect right now, like I, my community is beyond, it's beyond grief that we're experiencing. It's trauma. It, it is, it is this collective trauma that we're experiencing. And this, this app that I had access just wasn't, it was like a complete disconnect. And when I looked, I'm like, oh, well, it's, created by white folks. It's owned by white folks. It's narrated by white folk. And it's miss. They have blind spots. They don't understand what my community is going through. And that is one of the reasons why I was like, I need to create something so that when black indigenous women of color get onto this app, they, there's a reflection, there's a mirror that they can hear and that they can see that says, hey, I know this is what we're going through and this is how we're going to partner together to manage that stress. And um, those wellness spaces that are 
all white are actually harmful to us as black and brown folk. And so we have to be very cautious because those those spaces aren't always safe for us. And um, and so I really wanted to create something that gave us an opportunity to be a mirror, like you said, representation to say, hey, um, I know I know about the systems of oppression that we go through. Let's talk about it and then let's learn how to manage it. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that you have, you have your book called Pretty Girl. I see it over there. And you have your podcast, Red Lips and Eye Rolls. So can you talk about those two? Yeah. So I wrote my book a couple of years ago with the, the idea that I wanted, again, representation. So it's it's about little girls that don't that are different. So it's a diverse group of girls. And it's all about teaching girls what pretty really is. A pretty isn't um, it doesn't have to be defined by this one thing, or this is what pretty is, what society, what culture tells us pretty is. And so I wanted to say, hey, pretty is about accepting, loving yourself and the way you look. But pretty is really more about how you take care of the inside of yourself and that become and how you how you um, treat other people. That is that's a reflection of what pretty is. And so um, I used to get bullied when I was a, a little girl. And so I really wanted to um, kind of go back and write this to my younger self to say, hey, um, this is what pretty is and this is what pretty means. And, and while you may look different and you may not look like the other little girls in your classroom or around you, like you're still pretty because you're kind, because you're smart, because you treat others with respect. That's what makes you pretty. So that was the reason for the book, Red Lips and Eye Rolls, the podcast is all about centering black um, and brown women's voices, femme voices. Um, Those voices um, culturally, traditionally, historically have been kept at bay from um, society and from our world. And those voices, because I was raised by two black women, um, I know that there's so much richness in Black women's stories, their work, their businesses, their life. And so I wanted to center those voices and really cultivate um, a space where all people can come on. My, My audience is very diverse, but the guests that I have on the podcast are all Black and Brown women. And they, some of them own businesses. Some of them have written a book. Some of them are moms. Some of them are, you know, they come from all walks of life. And I just wanted to center those voices specifically and say, Hey, let's elevate these women so that we can all learn from them. That's great. We, we need more spaces for us. I mean, the whole purpose of that is for us to be able to not only to create that space, but to start a community of women so that we can support each other. Absolutely. And I named it Red Lips and Eye Rolls because I like red lipstick and I roll my (laughs) eyes a lot to the things that are freaking annoying. Just some always rolling my eyes. Hard eye roll, hard eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) So can you share your social media handles and all that good stuff for anyone who... Um, would like to connect with you, where they can find your podcast. I will also include all of this stuff in the description box, but can you also just 
uh, share it with everyone? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram um, at Katara, K-A-T-A-R-A McCarty. Um, so you can find me there. And if you go to that Instagram page, like it, there's links to my uh, my website. There's links to from my website to my my podcast. Um, so basically follow me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm kind of annoyed with, so I haven't been on there a lot. I'm kind of on LinkedIn, but let's just stick with Instagram for now. Some of those other platforms, I'm like, they're getting on my nerves, very white spaces as well. So that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother podcast. We don't even go there. But so Instagram at Katar McCarty, and then please, please, please follow Exhale app on Instagram. We're um, really putting stuff out on that platform as well as the app to help nourish, to help um, give resources, encouragement to Black, Indigenous women of color. So go to the app um, and also go to Instagram and follow us and like all of our stuff at XL app on Instagram. Thank you so much, Katara, for taking time out of your day to be on the Fireflies Unite podcast. It has truly been a pleasure speaking with you. You're like a ray of sunshine. Oh, my gosh, Takia. <laughs> you're just so gorgeous, so beautiful. I love what you're doing with this podcast. I'm going to spread the word about you and what you're doing. And, yeah, thank you for having me on and just saying, hey, yeah, let's talk to Katara, this girl I've never met. Thank you. Did you all enjoy that episode with Katara? Be sure to hit her up on social media and let her know that you heard this episode. Again, I want to remind you, if you like these episodes, be sure to not only subscribe to the podcast, but be sure to leave your reviews and rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. You all have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health, but please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.